Hey everybody, this is Safi from Trope Trophies, and you're listening to Trope Trophies Podcast, the show where two sisters explain a trope, debate using our favorite characters from TV, movies, books, anime, and more. Then let you, the listener, decide who is the winner. Now, without further ado, welcome to Trope Trophies. Hi, y'all. Long time no speak. This is Yadi. And Stephanie. And again, as if you guys don't know already, this is Trope Trophies. We're back for season two. Well, I mean, there's a post on our Instagram if you want to follow us there about what we've been watching lately, so... I've been watching everything under the sun, but that also means because I was about to say we've been on sabbatical, but like we've been on a break. So we have been watching and reading a lot of things. Stephanie's been watching a lot more things than I am or playing a lot more things. I mean, I don't play anything, but I have been watching my boyfriend play The Witcher. So that's been fun. You know, my side hobby was always to watch people play video games. Mainly because yeah. I had to. But at least I was into Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I've been watching a lot of things. Like um, Jenny said, I've, I watched um, Inside Job, which is a really good animation thing. You should watch that. It's about every conspiracy is true. Oh, oh, on Netflix, right? Yeah. The first episode, though, is like, if you're not into conspiracy theories like that, it's really jarring. But then after that, it's a fucking great show. <laughs> I cannot wait for season two. We love Netflix animated shows. Yeah. Um, Then I watch what Star does. I finished, I binge watched um, Dragon Slayer season one. Demon Slayer, no? Yeah. There we go. Demon Slayer season one. Then I watched The House. It's a step animation film that's on Netflix. It's a little jarring. I'm not going to lie to you. Another one. But I mean, the ending is cute. It's just a damn house, man. That damn house. And then there's this other stop animation one. I forgot what it's called. It's with the um, guinea pig cars. Um, stop animation. Watch that when you are having fun. Alone yes, at home. Have, when you're like really, really having fun. Because it's so ridiculous. And I watched like a few anime. And then I watched Belle. And then just recently I saw the new show, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. You know, it's funny. I started that. I saw the first episode, but then the second episode got me upset because she's explaining. I mean, spoiler alert, because this whole podcast is spoilers. So (laughs) spoiling here. Well, actually, the second episode when they were talking about how they let the little girl go into like an (laughs) FBI serial killer room and she was left alone. I'm like, why is she here? Why is this little girl here? So I told mommy because I watched with my mom. I was like. Mommy, let's watch the show. I was like, it's a horse. Like, I can't watch that. I was like, no, 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 no. It's me. It's me telling you this. Like, we should watch this together. And my mom looks at me because I hate horror. I like, I hate gore. I hate all of that, whatever stuff. But I was just like... a mystery thriller. Yeah, but I was like, it is... I was like, mommy, everyone says it's funny. So we have to watch it. She's like, it's funny? I was like, it's funny. And she was just like, okay. So the first episode, she's like, I don't know. This is not funny. This is very serious. And I was just like... No, 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 no. You have to keep watching it because it's. I was like, mommy, I know it's funny because I, I just, I feel that it's funny. She's just like, okay. But we got to that part. Mommy was just like, what the? <laughs> as, soon, as soon as they said his job was a forensic, was an FBI forensic psychiatrist, bring daughter to work day. And then I saw the daughter walking through. She's just, she's so like happy, bewildered. Like, oh my God, look at all these people in a freaking cell. And then he was like, yeah, I brought her to go and no, talk to Murder Mike. And did then you not he see said, the corner? She was just smiling there like, hee hee, yeah, go get. Talking about all these bodies he was catching. Like, no. And then he's like, I had to leave. I was like, um, how far are you in that show? Because it's so no, funny. I, as soon as that happened, I got so upset. I just stopped watching. I was no. like, Amy, I can't watch this dumb stuff. Why are they doing no. this to the little girl? I don't even no. want to know what happens to her. You, no, no wonder they're have, all dead. No, you have to keep going. It is so funny. He is so fucking... <laughs> I am not okay That's with an ugly-ass laugh. But it is so funny. Because I'm just like... Me, I'm like... But how is she still with him, though? 
<laughs> we really sat there. It was just like, you trust him? You still mm-hmm. trust him? Because Christian is playing an alcoholic mom on Christian, Christian Bell. Yeah, Christian Bell's playing an alcoholic woman who is also suffering from hallucinations. So because my mom she's was, mixing pills. Yes. You got to keep watching it. You got to keep watching it to understand why it's even fucking funnier. So <laughs> um, she's afraid of the rain. Never heard of that. You have to keep you want to watch it. OK, this is really spoiler. But are you like you have to watch the show to understand why it's so fucking funny? She's scared of the rain because the day her daughter died, it rained. Yeah, I figured that. Me and mommy thought it was the. Oh my god, she probably. I was like, oh, she probably died in a car accident. You know how people are. You know, rainy day, and it was raining on a car accident. No, no, no. And everything in that show, you would think like, oh yeah, this could no. <laughs> every true, every it's every fucking thing. You just sit back and you just cannot stop laughing because it's just like this is ridiculous. Wait, is um, it supposed to be a comedy or is just yeah? Like- it's meant to be a comedy. It's a parody. Oh, that's why I'm like, it's like, that's why you have to go in there. Lap, like, that's why you have to go in knowing that. That's why it was ridiculous. That's why the little girl's death is so fucking outlandish. It's just like, who the fuck does that? She can't get over. She's like, why do I keep thinking she's here? I'm like, oh, no, but the wine, the alcoholic mom, you know how every like lifetime movie, the mom's an alcoholic. So she's always has a glass of wine. But this bitch is wine glasses all the way to the. Hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. I was like, yo, yo. I was, she, was, she, she puts, was like, like oh my God. She basically puts the whole bottle and then she's basically. like slurping the top. Like, <laughs> it's like, what? No. At this point, just drink the freaking bottle straight from, <laughs> I mean, drink the wine straight from the bottle. Like, what? Once you have that in your mind and it's like hilarious, like, ha ha, he he, like, this is the joke. Yeah, I think we just forgot to take it. We took it too seriously. I got upset. What is going on here? Anything um, else? Yeah, and Vox Machina. Ex Machina? No, Vox Machina. Vox Machina? Yeah, so um, this is a new Amazon Prime show. So I can't give like as much context to this so, this so you guys can understand my excitement. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons because of Critical Role which is run by famous, attractive voice actors. It started out as a, as a home game that then went into a web game and then became like a cult classic around the internet. And then it just did a renaissance of D&D. They finished their season two of their um, campaign. And then um, they're up to season three right now in their homebrew campaign. Now, Fox Machina is their first Spinoff? No, oh. it's the first campaign, and they did a Kickstarter to go raise the funds to do a box machina show, and they beat the expectations in less than one day. They raised way over the initial um goal point. So just seeing it translating from like an online gaming experience to like animation is crazy. But you don't have to know about D and D to watch the show. However, if you do know about D&D, there are some things there that are kind of like, oh, this this makes sense. Like, for example, they have the twins, Bax and Vix. No, Bax and Vax. One is V-A-X. One is V-E-X. So Bax and Vix. Vax. Yeah. No. Vex is Vex. It's Bax and Vex. Yes. (laughs) Vax is the girl. Vex is the boy. Vax, she has Hunter's Mark. So when she's near a dragon... She gets like a headache, right? That's how the show initiates her hunter's mark because that's her that's her preferred um prey. They don't explain that in the show because honestly, it's not that relevant. It's only relevant because if you play D and D, then it makes sense for her headaches. Who else too? Pike also like basically did a detect magic, but never actually said detect magic. So it's following D and D if you get it, but not required to get the show it's more like a if you if you know you know this sounds interesting i think i saw it on amazon amazon there what it's very violent what was the show i was watching that's also very violent maybe it was incredible what no invincible oh berserk but that one isn't really crazy to me not I kind of like the three day. I like the three. No, it's been crazy since the start, but it's craziness that doesn't bother me. Has the world ended yet? No. Oh, okay. Then no, it hasn't gone crazy yet. I don't know. I think it's been fun watching people get bodied. 
little disturbing, but in a good way. Watch it right before I go to sleep. I have happy dreams. Sometimes. This is a lot about you that I think you would want to reveal, but you know, to each their own murder. It's been great. So how about we we oh wait, one like piece the- too. I like one piece. Remember? Yeah. I've been watching yeah. One Piece, the show. And 30 the, years. yeah, it's been on for a long time. It's projected to end 2025, 24, which is crazy. And I don't even think they're talking about the show. I think they're just talking about the mangas and all the volumes it has. Like it's ridiculous. But, you know, I was watching it, but then, damn, it takes such a long time to get to the point. Like, yo, me and Davey were just so upset because it's just like, yo, why anime takes so long to get to the point? Yo, there must have been at least, it felt like 10 episodes about Nami's like uh, life in her little island getting out of that problem because I literally skipped episodes. I was like, I don't care now. I don't care. I think it has to do with anime culture changing from time periods. Because remember in the 2000s and the 90s too, there was so much fucking filler episodes. But like, that's kind of the point because you kind of want to sell toys. These aren't filler episodes. These are literally episodes that are part of the story, but they just drag it out. Like we could have did this fast. No, that's what I'm saying. Like some stories, it might be longer just because. Or maybe he wants to be as thorough as humanly possible because that's just who he is. Listen, the first season is like a hundred and something episodes. And something that really bothers me or grinds my gears is like, why does America, like when you westernize an anime, why do they change the ending songs and the opening? Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Let it be. Let it be. Because then it just sounds so terrible, so whack. This person who can't sing in here is just like, why did y'all did this to me? Like, I have to, I have to skip the intro. I've been I have watching. To, oh. I have to just say this. I agree, except for Belle. It's a new movie that came out. It's what I watched in January. You can see the, the posts of it on Instagram. Yeah. Belle, no. It's incredible. And in her sing, the singing in either language is acceptable. All right, fine. that's the uh, one exception. Literally the only one. But they did have some good, was it music supervision for Digimon? Hey now, you're up. No, wait, that's not the song. Oh my God. Two no, weeks when you looked at me. No, it was two weeks. They did both though. They did? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? We're, we're going down memory lane. So Yeah, we are. Oh wait, I haven't told people what I've been watching either. Okay, so I've oh. also been binge watching All in the Family. It's like the 70s sitcom about this working class white guy who's a bigot and he hates everyone and everything. He hates his daughter's husband because he's Polish. He just comes for everybody. He was like, oh, recently Gloria's husband, Michael, was crocheting. She was like, yeah, he's going to make me a belt. Archie was so upset. He was just side-eyeing him. He was like, I have a son-in-law that's a fruitcake. And, you know, it's just like different terms back then that it's just like, oh my goodness. And he was just like, yeah, this is the only thing that happens to white people because I don't want to say, this is what Archie says, okay? Not me, quote unquote. He was like, colored people aren't gay. And I'm like, oh my God. He was like, you ever went up to a colored person and asked them if they're gay? It's just like, oh yeah, yeah. It's really cringy. But it also says a lot about how dumb close-minded people are and how they sound. Like, he hates Catholics. He hates Italians. Like, he literally hates everyone. If you're white, if you're this kind of white, hated. And I'm like, damn, going in. But yeah, it's really funny. I'm having a good time with it just because it's so ridiculousness. But yeah, I've been watching that, binge watching. I mean... While I do other things, that show's just on and it's get a few laughs in. Hmm. Oh, just started watching The Boys. Oh my gosh. Like, honestly, Homelander is probably one of the most creepiest characters I've ever encountered on television. And creepiness as in, he makes me uncomfortable. Like, just his presence there is just makes everyone uncomfortable. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever you say, Homelander. Because everybody's like, he'll kill your spirit and he'll kill everyone you love just because he wants your love more than anyone else. Scary, scary, so uncomfortable. Yeah, but season three is coming. I was afraid to start watching it because I was like, listen, 
the curse of Janita is once I'm into a show, they cancel it. So I was like, listen, this is two seasons and it's Amazon. They already did this to me once. I won't let them do it to me again. He was like, it's fine. There's going to be a season three. And I'm like, okay, good. Better be a season four. And they better not end the show with a weirdo because it got Emmy nominated. I also saw the Demon Slayer movie, which I realized I could have just saw from free. It was on Hulu and I paid for it on Amazon. Don't ask me why. I just didn't look. I didn't look, y'all. I didn't look. Make sure you, you have look. a country roll account. Too. Yeah, but it doesn't go into the app on my computer, on my television. Am I going to be watching a movie with my laptop? Yes, I have an HDMI cord. No, I don't feel like putting it on the TV because B, I have all these apps and I'm not going to do extra work. Okay. I'm going to spend extra money because uh, that's what my logic is. My other question is, how did you watch the movie without watching the anime? Or did you watch the anime before the movie? I have not done that. I just walked in there and then was like, I really love Bug Eyes. Like, he was really getting me. He's so intense. He just had me dying. He was like, I don't know, a N- character. Nenosuke? No, not that guy. I guess another spoiler. He dies. Bug Eyes, the fire guy. <laughs> Some old Bug Eyes. <laughs> I call him Bug Eyes because that's what they, that's what the boar actually um, used to call him. He was Ren- like, what happened to Bug Eyes? <laughs> Yo, seriously, he was just so intensely like. I love him. I fell in love with his character too. Rengoku. But you want to know why it's even more painful? That entire fucking movie. Why? Because it was in the show. First of all, I have a lot of feelings about that movie. I think it's inappropriate to do, personally, off of my ethics as an anime watcher, to create a movie that requires you to watch as you could continue on to the series. Just wow for me. The other reason why I'm just that movie just obsessed me is because Rengoku was only in the prior series for one episode. He barely spoke. You imagine the movie was just to highlight his character. And even then, I didn't feel like I actually knew Rengoku. And then there was that crow telling everybody around the dang world. You have to watch this to show to understand why that's not really that surprising. He's supposed to do that. All Demon Slayers have crows that tells them where to go. What, what is the next mission? I figured that's why. But I was just like, damn, the crow telling everybody. Knew. That was like the ending of the movie. The crow just chatting, everybody like surprise, oh my God, all of this stuff. So I'm like, damn. He's so, the highest ranking member, like one of the highest ranking members of the organization. Of course, we're all like. I hate how he was really about to catch the demon's like body. And then they're like, oh, no, we got to help him. And helping him just fucked everything up because he was going to die regardless with the demon. Like he knew that was going to happen. No. Everybody want to be helpful, ruining the thing, helping people survive. He was about to get turned into stone, like a freaking... Wait, do they turn into stone? Oh, he turns to dust. They die. They die, die. They like vampires. Exactly. So not Twilight vampires. They go on the real, real shit. Yeah, I was like, yo, you guys really ruined everything. I was like, they're going to come in here and ruin everything. And I knew it. Dum-dums. Anyways... This is everything we've been watching going on tangents because it's been a long time and uh, we miss you all. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. This week's trope is friends to lovers. We love that. I feel like romance is just like the easiest things to, I mean, for me to read. Romance is, is, is usually a typical human experience. I say usually. Not all of us are interested in romance, and that's a okay valid. I agree because it's but, real. But, but yeah, well, here we got all right. friends to lovers. My pick is People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. And my pick is New Girl. And we're going to be focusing on Nick and Jess. Friends to lovers. So a lot of people. They go on dating and they have the expectation that this person to become their partner. That's not what this trope is about. This trope is, hi, we are platonic and due to life-changing events or chemistry or whatever is happening, we realize that our friendship should like upgrade to lovers. Now, not all friends become lovers and not all lovers become friends. Yeah. But in order to be lovers... No. You got to be friends. Mm-mm. Not saying friends first. 
no. friend friendly. You were thinking about like the ideal love situation, and that's what is messed up because not a lot of people think like that. Like some people view marriage as stepping stones to become rich. Some people not because they're friends. Oh, we just love the modern world of dating. No, it's a very ancient thing. You just, you know, go with someone who has money, uh, who isn't as an asshole, and then you divorce them. You get half of their shit, and then you keep doing that. That's how some people, that's how some women get rich. You love to Nothing wrong with that. You got to do what you got to do. I do, I do. And... Mm-hmm. But ideally, for us, it's, I would love to be friends with my significant other. I would love to, to be able to make jokes and do things outside of traditional reserved like romantic coupling stuff but that's just my personal preference but I also acknowledge the other people's lifestyle choices so new girl background on your story go round one so new girl is a fox sitcom that was released originally on September 20th 2011 and its final episode aired on May 18th 2018 with seven seasons with a total of 146 episodes. New Girl was released at the hype of tweed fashion. So like the cute, dorky, manic pixie girl, indie girl hype. And originally the show was focused on Jess, but we started realizing that we couldn't really focus too much on Jess or like it would just lose and sparkle. And so the, the show really went around like exploring the entire friend group, Smith, Winston, Nick, CC, Coach, and other individuals that come into the show and announce to like help flesh the characters. I would say it's a 20 teens friends. Ooh. I would go as far as that because, you know, they all live in the same apartment and they're all like goofing and figuring out adulthood together. Like, is that not the whole point of friends? Well, I don't know. It's just living amongst men. Yeah, but CC's there almost all fucking time so that's true it's, it's just friends it's just and then I like mean, everyone pairs off in like different ways damn oh wait there's three girls but in Jess there's two Ooh. there's another girl that comes oh. in she becomes Winston's um police partner and then future wife but you know I'm not yeah, I saw that comment I was like who's girlfriend <laughs> I did not go that far in the show I think I stopped watching it like after season two or three so I don't know a lot that's going on so for me this is all going to be spoilers but spoilers that I don't really care to watch the show so I'm just going to be happy for you to give me the sum up because okay Nick's character is funny my pick is People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry I just want to say here it's an acclaimed contemporary romance book It was released May of 2021, and it won the Goodreads Best Choice Awards for Romance for 2021, and it's a New York Times bestseller. Okay, so the story is about Poppy and Alex's relationship and how it blossoms over time. Um, Poppy has always been interested in traveling, and, you know, she's kind of struggled making friends. She kind of had like a rough time in high school and college was also kind of rough for her too. And her roommate at the time knew Alex and was like, hey, he's from like the same town you are from or in the same state or whatever. He can drive you down back from college. So they go on ahead and, you know, that's where they develop their friendship and they start going vacations with each other every summer And Poppy becomes a travel blogger. And so she's always like out in the world, but they always look forward to going on vacation together in the summer. And uh, they had one summer that happened in Croatia that made them like separated their friendship. They didn't speak for two years after that. So the story picks up with Poppy being depressed and trying to think about what has her down. She's living in New York City, though, and they're from Linfield, Ohio, to be specific. That's my round one. (laughs) Okay, explaining the character via the lens of the trope. Okay, Nick and Jess start off as friends, okay? I would have never guessed. Right, it's crazy. But it's very obvious when you're watching the show that there's like some tension between the two of them. And then they cut because Jess is the quirky, like cutesy, manic pixie dream girl. 
And Nick is like a quirky, dirty hobo. And so <laughs> Nick is really nasty, guys. Nick is so not, um, not Charlie nasty from always. No. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. And then, you know, when I was first watching it, I was like, yay, they got together. But like what makes the show really interesting is that they did get together, but they still have very strong differences. For example, in season three, episode five is titled The Box. Nick gets an inheritance from his dad's estate because his dad passed away. Nick was not affected by this whatsoever. But he inherited like $8,000 and he immediately decided to spend money on like frivolous things that he did not need. Meanwhile, Jess is just like, um, this is crazy. And Winston's just like, don't talk to Nick about money. Like, just don't. Like, this is a grown-ass man who still has not opened a bank account. Oh, yeah. no. Right. So this low. So Jess is just like, um, so Nick shows her his box and it's just a box full of very ridiculous, like over like collections. Like Nick is in so much collection debt. So Jess takes it upon herself to use his inheritance without um, Nick's consent to pay off this overdue debt. And Nick is furious because she did it without his consent. And Jess is just like, I need you to grow. And he's just like, what are you going to stop trying to fix me and just accept me for who I am? And it's and I'm just like, so they're the definition of this wrong timing because they had chemistry. They respected their as friends, but they just did not see eye to eye. Nick mentally is a five-year-old because why would you buy shoes that are not even your size? Oh, no. Just to have it. And when they have the fight, because Nick is upset that Jess went through his box, which I understand, rightfully so, he decides to go into her room and throw away her vintage purses just so to get her upset, which Jess says, I see you're trying to get a reaction from me. You're not going to get it. Jess writes him a check for $8,000 for his inheritance because she actually had the money for it. So and, uh, crazy, right? But they didn't break up on that episode. But like in that season, they break up. Season three, they break up, but then they become like friends and they're helping each other. Um, they accept each other seeing other people. But like this also me leading back to Nick at that time in his life was a slob, financially illiterate, was just in a state of denial. He was not mature enough. And just even though people view her as very childish, is extremely mature and knows what her life goals are. So they were just not compatible at the time. Just mentally, in that regard, I mean, in general, it doesn't matter if her, her interests are. She's like an older adult, right? Because when an older adult gets money, the first thing they do is think about paying bills. So they don't have to pay that bill ever again and they can get a better credit, right? Nick is a child where he thought buying toys with his new inheritance was better than just getting himself out of debt because their priorities are different. Right. So they break up, they stay friends and they're helping each other with their relationships. So sometimes if Jess is frustrated with her new boyfriend, Nick will point out like a flaw or she'll do the same for Nick. They'll come for each other. They're just always helping each other grow. Eventually, near the end, like season seven, they eventually like realize that they do in fact love each other. And that is actually the perfect time to Nick finally reaches like an understanding of, oh, I actually have a, um, goals. I keep pretending I'm a slacker. I'm really not. And then when he gets his dream realized, he's just like, oh, shit. I realized that I actually care about Jess. And the same for Jess, too, because now she's a principal. She's just like, yes, I've reached the top of my career in education. So self-realized, both realized in love with their best friend. And they're both in a better mental place. And they can accept each other. Where do they move from the place? They do. The last episode is um, Winston being Winston and pulling the craziest prank of it all and made them pretend that they were having an eviction notice. But they end up moving and then they have like a little thing in the future that Jess and Nick have a kid together. Cece and Schmidt have another child because Ruth is already born at this point in the time period. And then Winston and his um, wife have like fucking 15 million damn children running around. Jesus Christ, all the children. Okay. There gotta be some twins and triplets in that, in that circle because there was so many children in that little background. But all that to say is, I think it, it's just cute. That's really nice. Yeah, I always remembered Nick just being out of control. 
But I only got to see the beginning of their character, so. I would never date a Nick. At the time. A part of me died when he said, like in the last episode where he said, we ran out of tape, so I used glue instead to go and close the uh, the boxes. I was like, oh. So this is how your mind works. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's just like, she was there in his low and she still wanted to be there, so. I commend Jess for that because it was just like she was always awesome. It just took a lot of other people around her to realize how awesome she was. But yeah, I'm not going to say she took a no, but I'm just saying like, wow, kudos to you for seeing something in all of that craziness. Let's go, Jess. Anyways, you finished your round two, so... Guess it's me, background on my characters and how they relate to the trope. Poppy and Alex. Woo! Listen, this book is just so well written to like the characters. It's just so good. I remember me and my sister's best friend were just curling out. We were like, oh my God, like going crazy over this couple. Okay, to begin with, she meets Alex one day and... It's just kind of like a short conversation or just like maybe two sentences towards each other. And that's the first time they met. And then, like I've said before, they're driving down to Ohio together. And Alex is just, he's like a plain Jane. Like if that were a thing, he's like plain Joe. I don't know what to say. I guess anime protagonist. Yeah, he's an isekai anime protagonist. Oh, okay. They have no personality. They are self-inserts. That hits it. Because he's driving down and she's like, okay, let's put on some music. He's like, no, no, no. I can't listen to music. Uh, I have to stay concentrated. She was like, we're in traffic. We're barely moving. And he's just like, no, no, I can't do that. So then she starts tapping her fingers on the window and he was like, no, no, can you not do that? So then she starts tapping her feet. He was like, no, no. And she was like, well, I can't keep still. And I need something to do. You're not letting me do anything. And then they start just having conversations. And he finally lets Poppy play music. He's just so weird, which is funny. Because um, she plays a song by David Bowie. And she's just looking at him to see his reaction. Because he just seems like he doesn't like anything. And he like grimaces. And she was like, why are you making that face? And he was like, I don't like the sound of saxophones in a song. Saxophones ruin everything. So it's just like little things, like little details about their relationship that is just so cute. So, you know, this is them just getting to know each other. And even like dumb shit where he's like, he says that feet should be private. Like he doesn't believe in flip-flops. Like things like that, that makes it so sweet. That's just like the first time they met. And then- should be private. And yeah. then, like, he just has, like, random quirks that people just fucking say. Like, this is my random ass opinion. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, if I had to go to a costume party, I'd be in my room for two hours trying to figure out something. And he was like, you know, you can just, like, wake up and go. And she was like, what do you mean? He was like, I'm not saying your style is costumey. It's just, you know very uh, vibrant or very eye-catching. And she was like, I could deal with that. No one's coming at each other, even though he wears khakis. And she was like, basically like being white and wearing khakis is like you're naked from the waist down, which I think is pretty funny. You go, Poppy. It keeps going back from the past and the present, the story, because we're kind of talking about everything that happened 10 years ago. And they met when they were like 18, 19. Poppy's in Palm Springs and she finally texts Alex after two years not talking because she's all sad and mopey how she has to go to this trip. She was supposed to go to Greece and she was like, I don't want to go. I'd rather just go see Alex. She chose to go to Palm Springs on the other side of the country just to be with Alex and not go to Greece. Crazy. But they were just catching up and talking about their past and getting to know each other again. And... They had this online dating profile and she was like, oh, you would never want to be with me if you saw my uh, profile. And he was just like, let me see it. And he's like flipping through it, reading intently. And he gives her back the phone and looks her in the eyes as described in the book. He's like, I would. I was like, oh, 
He said he would date you. Like, it's just like, it's like a very, very much a slow burn. It's just like, I don't know. It feels like you see their love grow where Alex is always comforting Poppy and she's always doing the same. Their first vacation together. He's never wrote a, he's never been on a plane. She was like, oh, well, I didn't know that. And he was like, well, I didn't want to make it a thing. And she was like, well, we could have made it a thing because it's a thing anyways. And she held his hand and he squeezed it. And it was just like, oh. And she said at that moment, it felt like she had this lurking feeling of like, what if? Just from a, just from a hand hug, basically. It was like, oh, over a hug. And a hand hug. A hand hug. Just holding hands. She felt that. That's wow. what I describe it as, a hand hug? Yes. And there was this one summer where she was sick and they were supposed to go to, uh, I think, Sweden. And he decided not to go just to take care of her. He didn't go to the airport. He was like, I'm going to stay here and take care of you. Got her medicine, got her soup. And it kind of goes back to the present where he suffers from back spasms. So she's like, I'm going to the pharmacy. I'm going to get you whatever you want, whatever you need. It's just like, oh my gosh. Then she starts comparing him. Like throughout the summer, she compares him to like her current boyfriends. And this is what she said specifically. She was like, yeah, I feel like my boyfriend makes me feel like I'm like an x-ray examination Like he's trying to examine me for the x-ray. But she was like, but with Alex, I just feel seen. And she's denying this. So denying her, they're denying feelings. Well, I don't think he ever denied it. She was just scared. You know, just like the basic trope thing. Oh, well, I didn't want to tell you that I like you because I was afraid to lose you. (laughs) No one cares. Anyways, the turning point of the story is that they finally sleep together in the past. I mean, in the current. And as in uh, sleep, sleep or sleep, sleep. They sleeping, girl. They sleeping in the room in the rain outside, sleeping. Oh, they oh sleep, sleep. Got it. Yes. Poppy was trying to create this trip like they had when they were in college, like, oh, a cheap Airbnb, like a broken hot car. And it's just like we're adults, like we don't have to do this. And she's just like, no, I want it to be like last time. And he was just like so upset. He was like, it's never going to be like last time. Things had changed because the highlight of the story with Croatia is that they ended up making out and Poppy kind of like pushed him away. It was like, oh, I didn't would have never done that if it wasn't for this, that, the fourth. And his feelings got hurt because he was like, I thought you were finally going to tell me that you like me because I love you. And they've always telling each other, I love you as best friends. but. You know that what it is. There was one summer where Poppy thought she was going to get pregnant. And Alex literally was like, I'll help you raise the baby. If that screaming, marry me, I love you. I don't know what does. And she's just like, oh, no, it must be in my brain. I'm There's something wrong with me. But you're so in denial about love. You don't think you deserve it. So you just like brush it along and be like, I don't know what this is. But obviously this, I don't, this isn't for me. It's just like, so you don't want to know <laughs> you're in a movie and you don't want to know you're in a movie got it yes it even gets to the point where even after they sleep sleep together and she's finally seeing his family and they're like oh my gosh poppy it's been so long and they were like oh we thought always thought like you and alex would be a thing and she's like oh no never even though they're literally sleeping together and she's still denying it She tries to make it seem like it's no big deal when she tries to go home to New York. And Alex is like, why do you keep doing this to me? Like, it's a pull and push. Like, you want me, but you don't want me. Like, I can't deal with this anymore. Just like basically delete my number. So she's feeling so shitty and so depressed, obviously. And she begins to realize the reason why she hasn't been liking traveling anymore is because it hasn't been like where she's where she is. It's about who she's goes with so she's like oh my gosh like the realization hits her and she it takes her a while though she (laughs) gets in the plane and she has the movie moment where she like tries to figure out where he is because he's supposed to be going somewhere and she doesn't want him to go she goes into the bar she sees him and she does the whole i don't know what the heck is wrong with me speech i 
want to do better. I've been doing better. I suck. I got help. I'm in therapy. Because like she needed to figure out what her problems were. And, you know, she's working on it. And she was like, okay, I know if you don't want to be with me, that's fine. And I'm just going to walk away now. Kind of like, you know, the, it was like the ugly cry. From what I read, it was like ugly cry, boogers, tears. Like like the boogers were like, you can taste them. She was being as vulnerable as humanly fucking possible. Yeah. She was, like, I have, she was like, I have no shame. Let me tell you about, about my dumbass. Precisely. <laughs> so she goes into this car to leave. And then Alex is there and he's just like, I love you. They, they get together. But there's a specific line that I'm just like, oh, my goodness. When he's like professing his feelings to her. He said when he first met Poppy and all of the questions she asked, he was like, the answers that came out of me were like out of nowhere. Sometimes I didn't feel like I existed before that. You invented me. He said that Alex is just the sweetest soul it's to the point where we, me and Ashley's best friend were like, she, she, Poppy don't deserve him. And why doesn't he not exist? Just perfect guy. And, you know, he just always said the sweetest things. And it was definitely like a friends to lovers, but kind of like they could have just uh, avoided 10 years of a mess and just been together. But it'd be that's like the friends that. to lovers. He literally said you invented me and you were just like, oh, well. I don't know if things are going to work out. I mean, the timing, though. Timing. Yeah, the timing, timing was, uh, he was like, I don't want to see you anymore and get away from me, get help. <laughs> <laughs> that was the perfect timing. The whole movie moment. She's like, wait, I am fucked up. I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> and they figure it out. They get together. And Mateo, I have so, so many things to say about that. But, you know. So you see... Uh, um, we're going around vacation. Three. <laughs> we're going around three. Why are they a good or bad via the lens of the trope? Well, Jess and Nick are friends. They are 100% friends. Nick helps Jess make her first initial boyfriend. Like they help each other get over their like heartbreak exes in the beginning of the show. They help each other by pretending to be each other's partners when like things are not working out. Like, like, when Jess is stood up by a um, date, when Caroline, um, Nick's like last girlfriend comes and Jess pretends to be his new girlfriend. They are each other's wingman. Jess tries to be friendly with Nick's girlfriends. And then Nick also like makes the men around Jess's life realize that he is not at all going to invade their relationship. And they accept that they're each other's ex. Okay, like that's the most important part. Like it's acknowledging like this is my friend. This is also my ex. But like, right, we are not compatible. That's why we broke up. And they were not compatible for a fucking long ass time because Jess was going through a lot of things too. She just lost a job. Nick is confused in the world and is just doing crazy high school shenanigans stuff. Like, how do you have a fake lifeguard certification? And you got it at age 26. And he says, I didn't know how to swim. It was just funny. Uh-uh. You could went out of your way. <laughs> right. So, like, there are, like, small stuff that in reality are big, major red fucking flags for me. But, you know, you grow, you learn things about yourself, you start to realize other things about yourself, and people get together. And I think it's so, it's so beautiful just watching someone, like, truly, un- like, see all the ugly, dumb shit you've done. Even your flawed ass logic, and still say, That's my person. That's my person. Because Jess, she could love another person. She could. She's, she's, she just would prefer if it was Nick. And same for Nick. Uh, no, I think Nick was just like, This is the best it can be. No, Nick actually started dating this girl that was his ideal dream girl. Like, I mean, like, to the T. Like, knew how to make, like, an old-fashioned and, you know, play by Megan Fox and whatever. And she was hot. She was everything he had said he ever wanted wanted from a girl. However, realized, mm, I actually might not want it. I actually just want my best friend who understands me. To be known and accepted is, like, 
to me, that's the appeal of the best friends to lovers trope. Because it's just like, oh, they know know me. Are you still here in this room with me? That's crazy. You saw me. You saw me over here naked with, with a with an old ass towel that I haven't washed in two months. Nick is like that. And it's just like it's like, are you even clean? Like, did no, you shower? Are you clean? Literally, I sat there, I was like, this man's a fucking raccoon. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. This is what y'all funny. It makes total sense. But it isn't because he's hot, she's hot. I mean, they're both attractive, obviously. But it's just like, no, they really do love each other. Well, I can't really uh, get a good picture of what Poppy looks like. Because, you know, I don't know. Sometimes women just be tear ourselves apart. So She doesn't describe herself well in the book? Not does really. What's his, does What's-His-Face describe her? No, we don't get his uh, point of view. But we oh. get her point of view of him. And there's a point where she's just like, oh, my God, you're so ripped. Like, how did you look this good? And she was just like, you know, I'm kind of out of shape because all I do is drink, travel. Like, I don't have time to do stuff. She was like, how'd you get your muscles? Like, you still go to the gym? He was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, my goodness. Is that like why you're muscular still? Like, you do it all the time? And he was like, yeah, it's called discipline. Like, oh, right. I think... What's the best thing about this trope is the feeling of, you know, Alex kind of like he's just been going through life, not knowing himself, just existing. Like, you know, he's trying to he's the oldest sibling. So, you know, the struggles with that. His mom died. His father's depressed. He has little brothers to take care of college. Like he was just going through it. His favorite topic was uh, English. Like he was just stuck on his studies and. You know, eventually Poppy drops out of school too. Well, no, he doesn't drop out, but she pops, she drops out and they were able to still maintain their friendship with their summer vacations. And every summer vacation had like something romantic happen. One time they went to, I think I believe, or Louisiana, I believe. And a song Brown Eyed Girl was playing and it was the perfect street light lighting and they were dancing together. And the way he held her lower back and like the look in his eye you know they had those small little moments that like kind of just started building up and building up and building up I think that was just like one of the best parts about the book but yeah I feel like those are the good things the bad things is just I guess it's just like the ending yeah I feel like the ending is very movie cliche it's the whole speech it's the am I gonna be there and like is he gonna take me back it's like you, you, can't, you kind of feel like it was written with the idea this book will eventually become a movie. I mean, I think I've been seeing it because every time I look it up, it says people we meet on vacation movie. So maybe I should do a quick search, quick Google search. Should have did this beforehand, but you know, it could be a movie, y'all. But yeah, those <laughs> are my only complaints. I feel like their love is. I feel like Alex really put in the most work and Poppy was just afraid because she never really had friends. So she was just afraid to lose her bestest friend, which is understandable. And she learns this all through therapy. And I feel like that's what's good about the trope. At least that's a change where, you know, even though there's the break where we don't talk to each other and we're depressed or whatever, whatever, they actually work on themselves. Like she was just like, you know, there is something wrong with me and I need to do better. And also the vacations where it's like every year they're both looking forward to like go to a different place together. I mean, I just adore this book. Obviously I won because I have the best lines. First of all, we're we're really at the afterthoughts and that I'm just going to go in now. So I think from what I'm hearing about Poppy and Kevin, right? That's his name. Uh Uh-uh, Alex. Alex. Yeah, Poppy and Alex. Oh, anyway, I feel like for a lot of guys, our relations with men is like women ask questions, like very specific, weird questions that men do not ask other men. Because like if Alex is taking care of his little brothers and his father, he doesn't have time to really do that self-reflection thing that you'll get from a woman in your life. So if Poppy is just like talking some what we think, what to us is a normal conversation where it's just like off the top of my head, let's talk about some random stuff. I don't know. Sometimes some people, when they have long hair, it looks nice. But if you don't have to take care of your hair, like it goes eh. 
But I feel like having short hair is a cheat code because no matter what, you can still make it look presentable because people think that bad hair is cute. I'd like to say that's not true. Unless you're a guy, short hair, great, but short. You see, but you see, but you see, right? That conversation we could talk about random shit. Men don't talk like that. I just feel like he's just always been to himself. And I don't even think he was expecting to what happened in there. I feel like not even the point where all oh, men don't think like this. It just feels like no one's even bothered to like talk to him because he's just so plain and everyone's just whatever. Until he started hanging out with Poppy because Poppy had told him like all these girls were like all over you. All my roommates, classmates. And he was like, I didn't notice anything at all because all I cared about was you. All I'm saying is, is that there's a conversation points that you have with specific people that you don't usually get from other individuals. Like, I feel like a woman's conversation with a man is always fucking different. And a man's conversation with a man is different because I don't know anyone who's talking about shoes and bros. That flip-flops are not real shoes. Except my, except my father. Because Poppy has said that to us. He <laughs> sure has. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and like, like you know, but he says like you know he doesn't like the saxophone in the song, and he that's sings. Poppy, he, but that's what I'm saying. Poppy is the one that's that's getting him to like express thoughts and opinions that he did not exercise before. Is what I'm saying. He's done karaoke, and so she played a song, "A Case of You," and he was like, "Oh, that's my karaoke song." She was like, "What? It's like a really slow." song from like the 70s i forget i listened to it and i wasn't a real big fan of it but it's, it's it, did, it didn't have a saxophone it didn't have a saxophone no it was all vocals there so i don't know why anybody would sing that during karaoke <laughs> like i'm putting the dancing queen because um i can finesse just scream into a mic but a case of you mm. no is he a good singer well they never specify so I'm thinking that's a hard no. <laughs> he's um, decent because if he's if he's horrible, they would have said it. Get off the stage. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I guess females do. Women might go in more in-depth questions and getting to know someone, but they were in a car for so long. It's like, how do you not get to the point where it's like, I don't like flip-flops. Those are private things and just basically getting to know that he's very uptight. An example of that is uh, Poppy and her siblings used to go to this movie theater that was always flooded and they would just go in with the rain boots and rain jackets. <laughs> and just, they were like, we would go in and not know what movie was going to like being presented. We would just pick a movie and Russia roulette, <laughs> just be in the theater. And Alex was disturbed. He was like, you don't know how many parasites and bacteria could be in that water. <laughs> like, you should be quarantined after that. <laughs> and it's just kind of like also the trope of like opposites attract. So that was sweet. She's just like, I don't care. Just watching a movie and some freaking blood. You know, it's kind of like having a lake, watching a movie, get your feet wet, bring boots on. <laughs> It, it's like it's like having a private beach viewing in the dark <laughs> with lurky waters all we're missing is the fireflies <laughs> precisely but yeah you know it's just little things like that that make the story unique to me okay but when it comes to new girl nick and jess yeah, Nick's just a hot mess at first. Like, he's like, you know, do you even brush your teeth kind of vibes? Like, eating cold pizza. Like, you didn't even put away the pizza. It was just pizza that was on the counter, and then you just ate it. And it's like, wow, how do you guys not have a mouse problem? Amen to you all. And you have characters like Schmidt, who's just, I mean, for me, Schmidt's a perv. Um, but in an okay way. So I feel like all their relationships go well, but between Jess and Nick, it was, I wouldn't even call it a slow burn because yeah, they had a moment together, but you know, then they just stayed as friends. There was no 
moments later on during the seasons for me, even though I saw the three seasons. Right. So I don't like, know why she's talking so much. I'm just like, you can watch the entire show. <laughs> okay. So what are the slow burn moments? Because I'd love to hear it. It's not the slow burns because they're they literally when they break up are friends. It's not like them like this is some unsatisfied chemistry. It's like I'm letting you be self-realized without me. I'm letting you not see me because they're not jealous of um, boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff. That's not that's not their dynamic. So it's not a slow burn. It's more like a, oh shit, I really am like really and truly in love with my friend who I see is a fucking adult now and has an actual fucking bank account. Listen, mine was a slow burn. And we all know Jadita loves slow burns where it's kind of like I'm cordial, but I don't like your girlfriend. And then your girlfriend doesn't like me because she knows that you'll drop everything for me. And it feels like I'm abusing it because I'm that girl, but I don't want to be his girlfriend because I don't want to lose him. But it's not fair to his other girlfriends that are just like, he's not going to fully commit to me because you exist. And she knows this. And Alex is just being cordial, like, okay, I guess this is your boyfriend. Like, they had this, like, group vacation, and it just wasn't it. Because, you know, there was drama. They were literally waiting for their, like, significant others to go to bed and just, like, talk to each other in private. It's like, so why are they here? I mean, I get it, because it's like, okay, if I was someone's significant other and they were going on a vacation with their longtime bestie and I was feeling some kind of energy because I believe they went to school together. I would go, but it's just too awkward. But yeah, that they were just, it was a slow burn. Like you knew whoever they were dealing with. I referred to their other partners dealing with just wasn't it. Like they're just two peas in a pod. Like it's just always been Poppy and Alex. That's it. That's what it's going to be. Okay, that's not what New Girl did. They really were just like, well, that's that's really it for now. And then you just didn't know. And you were just like, they did the exact opposite of Rachel and Ross. Because what you're describing to me is a Rachel and Ross situation from Friends. Where it's just like, they're not together. But we all know that if they could, they would. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. But mine is in a cuter way because Alex isn't annoying at all. Like not one bit of him is annoying. He's just like, I just want to make you happy, Poppy. Like just being with you, I just feel like a person, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like there's something so pure and innocent about Alex because he's just like, this is the first time I've ever felt this way. And I, you know, want to keep this forever. You know, you invented me. That's the one that gets you. Yeah, I was like, oh, I had it highlighted. I was like, let me look into my highlights. What was that? No wonder I highlighted this. My heart, my heart. But yes, I think this is, I think, you know, we gave good feedback, good and bad of our tropes. Yeah, this is the end of the episode. This is the end of, wait, this episode, that's it. That's all I meant to say. This is the end, like the movie. This is the end (laughs) of this episode. So stay tuned for, uh, remember, we are a bi-weekly show. So it it won't be next week, but the following week. We'll have a new episode. Yes, ma'am. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram, even though our outro is going to talk about this anyways, but I'm just going to say it. Um, Follow us at Instagram at tropetrophy.pod. You can follow me, Yadi, at Yadi Adi at Instagram. And you can follow Stephanie and literally everything at the Bewitching Bard. Unless otherwise it's different on TikTok, is it? No, it's different on um, Twitter. Okay, so you can tell them your Twitter. I'm barely on Twitter, guys, so I'm not going to tell you my Twitter. 
Okay. All right. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. So, who do you think the winner is? Leave a comment on our Instagram at tropetrophy.pod. Listeners, if you have any tropes or characters you'd like us to battle, DM us on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For notifications on our latest episodes, subscribe to our show. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like to follow us on our socials, you can follow me, Jotty, at Jotty Adi on Instagram, and Stephanie, all socials, as the Bewitching Bard. Stay tuned for the next episode. Tuned. Bye-bye.